Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Media Champions. I'm your host, Susan St. Dennis. And today I'm excited to bring on the show Badri with Infinite Sum Modeling. How are you doing today? Doing great, Susan. How are you? Thank you. I'm glad to hear it. I'm doing well also in the nice sunny weather of Florida right now. I don't know. How's the weather in Seattle? <laughs> Is it windy? <laughs> It's sunny here here as well. Like it's uh, pretty sunny and uh, not uh, like kind of pleasant weather. Not too warm, not too cold. Yeah. This is the perfect time for the, <laughs> for the yeah. weather. We haven't tr- quite yeah. reached the misery of summer yet, but we're in the good in between. And right now, it's great that we're having you on the show. We're reaching the tail end of uh, you know COVID. People are starting to recover. We're seeing businesses come back, and you work in you know economy as an economist, and so you're the perfect person to talk to about this topic. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do with infinite sum modeling? Yeah, thank you, Susan. So I'm an economist, and uh, I founded the company Infinite Sum Modeling uh, around five years ago. Uh, we work with many uh, you know, international organizations like the World Bank, United Nations, uh, IMF, World Bank, uh, and, and many other organizations, and also many governments across the world uh, and uh, private sector companies, you know, like Google and so on. So our uh, our work mainly focuses on uh, using analytical tools, economic models, quantitative models, uh, um, and, and and data analysis for uh, informing decision makers, uh, both in terms of you know, public policy and uh, in terms of business strategy. Uh, so we have worked with several uh, clients across the world, although we are based in Seattle, uh, our clients are from you know, US, uh, Canada, uh, you know, European countries, many other European countries, some of the Asian countries, um, and, and also you know, African countries in Australia. So pretty much we cover the whole world. And uh, our, um, you know, work has, uh, you know, pretty much focused on this intersection between analytics, uh, business strategy, and public policy. How does public policy affect business businesses, and how should uh, the strategies be responding to the changing environment in terms of the economy as a whole, and the public policy in particular, and how the public policies can uh you know um, you know respond to various changes that are happening and and what what is the potential impact of you know different public policies so these are some of the you know broad questions that we answer in in, in our consulting assignments and and in, in addition to consulting we also do a lot of original research we publish research papers uh, opinion articles in various uh, media um we have done this kind of interviews also a lot and um and and so on. So so uh, it's it's a combination of research, you know, publications, media, and consulting. So I'm curious. I feel for a lot of people here in the United States, we tend to exist within a pretty U.S. centric uh, view of of the way things are going. And I'm curious, in your opinion, in regards to people's reaction to COVID, what what policy internet in terms of internet and an international scope? Whose policy do you think was best adapted to? working with COVID, adjusting to COVID. And if you'd like to continue off of that, what could uh, the U.S. in terms of our policy do in order to improve upon policies and make it easier for companies when events like this occur? Because it's likely that this will happen again. Uh, That's a great question, Susan. Um, Yeah, there's definitely a lot to learn from different countries. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't single out like one or two countries um, in 
like as being the best in terms of response. Uh, there have been a bunch of countries that have done exceedingly well. Uh, if you take uh, Taiwan, for example, uh, Taiwan and some of the other Asian countries, like you know Brunei, Laos, and so on, uh, they did a really good job in uh, curtailing the, the spread of the disease in the beginning. So although they were so close to China and, and uh, they, were, they, 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 they had uh, a spike of cases in the beginning, uh, they very quickly came up with a lot of public health uh, you know, measures uh, to control the, the virus. I think Singapore is also in that list. Uh, all these countries have you know, pretty much uh, succeeded in uh, dealing with the, the health part of the problem mainly. And, and, and I think that is the key. Like once you, in this kind of an issue, if you're able to, uh, you know, solve the problem at the root, uh, then the other spiraling problems don't happen, right? So if, if the health issue was taken care of, uh, you know, you don't have to worry much about the, the economy, you know, fiscal stimulus and so on. So in that sense, I would say those countries did a great job. Uh, and, and they did not, they did do a lot of fiscal measures. They also had a lot of economic policy measures, but they did not need them so much. Uh, similarly, uh, you can also look at uh, countries like Australia, New Zealand, and uh, some of the European countries like Germany, uh, Sweden, and so on. So these countries, different countries had different strategies, uh, but broadly speaking, they all had pretty sound economic policy response. Uh, first, they came up with the you know the, the shutdown at the right time, you know lockdown and shutdown, and 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 after that, they during the shutdown they realized that the the businesses are going to suffer, so they gave them a lot of you know stimulus measures, uh, and and they also gave people who are you know losing jobs and um, and and suffering from COVID and so on. Uh, they've also been taken care of extensively well um, in terms of various you know, subsidies, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, cancelling of utility bills, you know, supplying utilities free for some time, and, and various, various uh, you know, such policy measures that help the businesses under distress and, uh, you know, um, people at large. And then finally, uh, uh, also, uh, uh, the other thing is about avoiding such in things happening from happening again. Uh, that's a vaccination. That's the biggest uh, thing there. And uh, on that, I would say, like, yeah, we we have done a pretty good job here in the U.S. And uh, some of the some of the other countries, like U.K., has done a pretty good job as well. Um, and and some some of, and, and some of the Asian countries also did a good job. So that is another another aspect. So um, I, I think this this combination of public health measures. Uh, economic policy measures and uh, you know future futuristic uh, uh, efforts like uh, vaccination setting up of uh, you know task force or uh, you know an organization that can deal with this kind of disasters uh, these are you know certain policy measures to be considered and and i think uh, my my analysis and uh, you know feelings about what is happening in the us uh, uh, Suggests that it's it's we are kind of uh, relatively in a better position compared to last year. A lot more has to be done, but I think we are in the in the right right direction. So continuing off of that, you know, returning back home to the U.S., I think uh, a lot of people know that small businesses uh, make up 
a lot of United States economy. It's a pretty major part of the way that we operate. Um, but I feel like there's kind of a debate on who we should be prioritizing uh, when it comes to economic policy. So in your opinion, when it comes to rebuilding here after COVID, should the attention be shifted towards the small business or do you feel like there should be more attention shifted to those large corporations that have more of an international impact? What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, actually, this is a great question. I, I forgot to discuss this point in my previous, uh, you know, um, you know, explanation. Uh, definitely, small businesses. Uh, we did some analysis recently and found like they uh, form the backbone of the U.S. economy. Unlike what is our, you know, uh, you know, expectation. We we typically think that the big companies are the ones, you know, leading the economy. And that is true from a dollar point of view. In terms of value, the the large corporations dominate. But in terms of employment, uh, you know, who, 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 like, uh, where are the people getting their salaries from? Where are they employed, and so on? That that part is mostly small businesses. So it's very important to support the small businesses uh, for this reason. Like, forget about all the other uh, aspects. Uh, like, you know, you can can talk about the ethical, moral obligation to protect the vulnerable parts of the you know population. So that is a different question altogether. But even before getting into that, in general, uh, they, they, they form a major part of the population and the, and the, and the economy. So unless the small businesses are protected, um, you know, there, there, there's going to be a catastrophic uh, implication for the rest of the population. And now, now the second point uh, is, is also about the, uh, the, 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 possible, the, the aspect that the big corporations, they, they are well-funded and they have buffer. So when, when they suffer, they can actually come back. They have a lot of resilience. The small businesses don't have that. Uh, if you particularly think of uh, COVID in particular, we have had a lot of small businesses close, like restaurants because of you know, social distancing, um, tourism-related uh, companies. All these, many, many of them have suffered a lot. So, and then some of them have been, uh, have been like permanent damage. Uh, so, I think policy measures are needed here to reduce their financial liabilities and help them, uh, you know, bounce back, and also help them modernize. Um, they can, they can, you know, some of the small businesses they don't even have websites, they don't have any any digital presence. So that that those things can be, you know, like some of the uh, industrial development corporations in different states, they can work with the small uh, businesses to help them. Uh, kind of modernize and be more resilient towards these things. Like I think the resilience is the biggest thing. Uh, some of the small businesses have bounced back uh, because of using all these digital technologies and and so on, which can help work work despite the uh, all this pandemic. Uh, so that is uh, those kind of uh, strategies are needed to be adopted by the small businesses. They need some help and support both from the government and from organizations like us and we are also helping small businesses to come up with strategies to counter the, the the pandemic and so on so i think we all we all can do our bit to help the situation absolutely and you know that that final point you made is a great transition for my last question to you i'm curious um you know throughout this interview i've been kind of scaling it down so we started international we carried it to local and now i'm curious about the small business itself what advice do you have to small businesses right now as they're coming out of the tail end of the pandemic what steps can they take to really make sure that they maintain their audience maintain their clients and continue to have a presence and succeed even in this uh iffy situation we're in right now 
No, yeah, that's a great question again. Uh, I think the, um, like uh, there are at least a couple of aspects. One is when these uh, kind of major, uh, you know, uh, crisis kind of situations happen, the uh, first thing they have to do is to keep stay afloat because many small businesses they operate on a month month to month basis if they don't have revenue for the next month they're gone uh, so that has to change so i mean i mean that cannot change uh, permanently uh, that cannot change all of a sudden but they can have a little bit of uh, a buffer so they can actually work on work towards uh, a little bit of strategic planning like well, what do we do what 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 is it that we are going to do in the next few months next year and so on. So a little bit of futuristic thinking, uh, and 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 a uh, little bit of also understanding what is happening at a macro level, what is happening to the industry, what is happening to the state or district or the country, world. They have to they have to have a lot of these things so that they can fine tune their strategies accordingly. They can they can see things before they come uh, come to them, right? So that is one. Uh, and 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 the second thing is uh, during this kind of crisis, if this situation happens again. Uh, they have to uh, know which which kind of expenses are the most important and which ones can, they can dispense it. Uh, so that way, that way they can they can control the cost side of things. So that you know, uh, even when there is there is a lack of demand, uh, they can continue their operations by uh, you know minimizing the cost. That is the second aspect. And the final aspect is uh, to innovate. Basically, they have to constantly innovate. Um, you know. Uh, if you take again restaurants, for example, uh, many of them have uh, you know come up with uh, non-touch delivery, um, um, you know digital, you know online online ordering, uh, and all all kinds of uh, interesting ideas. Um, so I think they have to think about this kind of innovative ideas. I think uh, digital technologies are the biggest biggest facilitators in this case. And I think they should they should definitely go for these. And many of them are not even it's not even a matter of uh, expense. These are not that expensive. It's just a matter of applying their uh, minds and and think about these things. So I think these are three broad things I can think of. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you giving that advice. I think it's incredibly valuable and important for everybody who's watching at home. We have a lot of small business owners, uh, people who work with small businesses who watch this show. And I think it's important that they hear these words from you. I appreciate you coming on the show today and talking about this with me. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Um, I appreciate your discussion. too. Absolutely. And to everybody watching at home, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Media Champions. I'm your host, Susan St. Dennis. And if you'd like to learn more about any of our guests today, you can check them out at bluehorn.com. We look forward to seeing you next time on Bluehorn TV. Mm -hmm.